What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about SifPop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for SifPop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. SifPop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent, getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out SifPop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Welcome, everybody, to episode 60 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Grant Brady Bunch-Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Great, Phil. Good to do a show again. Uh, it's been a, oh, yeah. <laughs> been a couple weeks, and we've really missed more in the last month than we ever have. Um, but uh, I'll get to that here in a second. Uh, we have a uh, guest on the show this week, a returning guest. It's been, uh, I always say it's been too long, um, but it's definitely <laughs> been too long this time. Um, uh, our very good friend and comic book ex- expert. I, I'm, I might as well just say, call you an expert, and you can disagree with me if you want. But no, uh, I'll, I'll accept that title. <laughs> comic book expert uh, Jerry Dick Van Dyke McMullen. How's it going, Jerry? <laughs> it's going very well. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> yeah, um, I, of course we're going to have you back on you know big comic book episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we'll have have you talk about it maybe towards the end of the show. But uh, Jerry is um, one of three guys three hosts i guess you're all kind of co-hosts on that show mm-hmm. uh of the worst comic book uh podcast ever uh or worst comic podcast ever worst comic podcast ever <laughs> yes <laughs> and uh a long-running show they they have many many more episodes than than uh we may ever have i, I don't know <laughs> how long this <laughs> podcast will go but uh they've been at it for a long time and so um the meeting to have jerry back on the show in a, uh for a long time now and i think uh was who from roger rabbit your last episode or did we do one after that i think that's been the last one um we did who framed roger rabbit like august uh before that i had done glory road with yes. you and jack um black hole uh, soon after the disney plus switched over yeah so i think this will be my fourth appearance on disney plus yeah well, we're, we love having you on the show, um, especially when it comes to the Marvel stuff or anything comic related. It's, I mean, with Disney, it's going to be Marvel, obviously, but um, we um, we need help uh, kind of processing uh, stuff normally. And I think with WandaVision, it's especially true um, yeah. that there's just a lot to kind of piece through. So uh, we meant to do this last week and um, just to kind of catch people up just on my like personal life. Uh, my wife had a baby, um, which is why we did not record last weekend. That was the plan. Um, but uh, we now, as of today, as of the time of this recording, uh, have a, an 11 day old baby at home uh, named uh, Ellie Claire. And so we were very excited to have uh, Ellie in our lives. She's makes our family a, a four uh, person family. So um, 
so very excited about that. And that was why we took the week off. I, I thought about recording like a little three minute um, episode that just says, hey, you know, <laughs> sorry, I know we already like took a week off a few weeks ago, but we're taking another week off here. Um, it's just been a weird month and uh, we should be back to regular schedule um, after after this week. But uh, had to, definitely had to take the weekend off last week. I appreciate you guys working around my schedule. Jerry was blocking out his weekend last weekend to be on the show and we had to skip to this weekend instead. So I appreciate you doing that. Quite all right. Congratulations, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're super excited. Life is like just in the last couple of days, our our daily attitude and schedule has kind of started to kind of fall into place again. Like uh, I you know, I, I don't know um if you can relate, you probably can, but like uh when that baby is born, it's just like um your whole life just goes upside down for like three to seven days, depending on how well things went. That's very generous. <laughs> and so, I mean, with, with our first baby, like even two weeks later, like I was, I was still very um, just unsure, like, you know, how, what's this new life, you know, this new world that we're stepping into with our yeah. second baby is kind of like, okay, we've been here, done that. Um, but now our family's bigger and I'm, you know, focusing on the four-year-old and trying to take her off of the hands of, um, my wife, the mom, um, you know, so that she can focus on the baby. Of course, I've been focusing on the baby too, but um, my main job has been basically to, to corral uh, Jordan away from mm-hmm. mom and baby. So give them some special time. And what does Jordan think of her younger sister? She's thrilled. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're very lucky that it ended up that way. Uh, definitely could have gone the other direction, but um, no, we, uh, we, we, I don't know if luck has anything to do with it, but we definitely lucked out with how much Jordan just wanted so badly to be a big sister and uh, thinks the world of her little sister has already been like quote unquote reading. She can't read, but like reading books to her and um, uh, just like holding her, kissing her. Uh, She constantly wants to wake her up when she's sleeping. I mean, she, Mm -hmm. she, she loves her sister. So yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky. So um. I am a dummy and I forgot to look at news of the week. Grant, did you see any uh, Disney plus news this week? We don't have to do one if, if, if you didn't see anything. Um, not this week. Um, the main thing is basically, <coughs> excuse me. Um, the main thing is basically fans just calling for uh, black widow to be put on Disney plus after the next batch of, delays in the movie industry yeah yeah we we haven't really gotten jerry's thoughts on that i I don't believe um um uh so i don't know if you if you partook in it or not jerry but the the uh mulan Mm -hmm. premiere access i think is what they call it yes um 30 bucks or whatever um did you for that movie were you interested was that something you yes and yes uh we did partake um it was I mean, a little behind the scenes with uh, the podcast. I, I've got a Disney Plus subscription, so I share it with my co-hosts. Uh-huh. So a little added value. That way we can all watch the different items and talk about them. And conversely, uh, John has a subscription to the DC Universe platform. Colin's got a one to the Marvel Unlimited platform and Comixology. So it kind of allows us to, to consume much more material at just one price for each of us. So yeah. uh, with John, 
his daughter was adopted from China. So Mulan was a uh, oh, an important wow. movie for them as a family. Um, so he, John was like, I'll pay the money if we could go ahead and watch it. And it's like, we'll split the cost $10 each. And everyone got to see the movie a couple times well before it was finally released. Um, I do think Black Widow needs to go up on Disney+. Plus. I don't necessarily know that they need to to put an additional cost up there, but I'm not going to put Disney past it. Uh, Disney makes money however they can. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we saw just over the last week, uh, the James Bond movie has been delayed yet again. Yeah, that's crazy. That thing and, keeps getting pushed back. Yeah, I I think it's just a matter of time before Black Widow is either pushed back or they they kind of go with the Time Warner HBO approach. We'll air it in theaters and put it on Disney Plus the same day. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to me. One thing that Grant and I have kind of wrapped back and forth about is the comparing the, the Disney Plus service to the HBO Max service mm-hmm. and how they want to be like each other, but they are kind of taking slightly different approaches. One, the most stark difference, obviously, being that HBO Max is more expensive. Um, you know, they're charging 15 bucks a month. Um, but um, they're also releasing movies day and date. They've promised everything mm-hmm. that's coming out this year mm-hmm. is coming out to HBO Max. You don't have to watch it in theaters. You can just watch it at home Correct. on the day it releases in theaters. And um, I think that it, maybe it's more HBO Max than maybe anything else that's, I think, is really pulling Disney Plus fans to say, hey, can we do that too? Like, you know, like, why can't mm-hmm. we have, have the same benefits that HBO Max subscribers get? And so... But at the same time, Disney Plus is really cheap, and I think even Disney Plus fans know that, like that they're they're paying they're getting a lot for a very little. And so, oh, yeah, um, I don't know if they up the cost of Disney Plus. You know, we uh, Grant and I've talked about a you know a, a hike of you know seven ninety nine has kind of been in the works for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you go even higher than that, nine ninety nine, um, and then start to graft in some of these other like big movies and just it's in- included, or if you just give people the option, kind of like what they did with Mulan, like, hey, if you just want to wait three months to watch Mulan, be be our guest. You can watch it in December, um, but if you want to watch it now in September, it's going to cost you a little extra. Um, now I think thirty bucks is. I think Grant and I probably both kind of agree that thirty bucks is a little high. Um, when yeah. When they were charging more than the twenty dollars that that people were charging for, like yeah, trolls. I I think with that Disney is looking at their their typical customer base, you know, family of four or five. Yeah, and if you were to to see that in the theaters, you would be dropping thirty dollars minimum just on mm-hmm. tickets. Yeah. Um, and that's even going to a matinee showing. I mean, that's not even talking full price. And then I think they're also looking at where are where are the bulk of the people well west coast east coast cost of living's much higher that $30 seems like a very good value to them whereas in the midwest where cost of living is much lower $30 seems much more expensive so mm. i i think they're disney picked a point where if they went any higher no one would buy it if they went any lower everyone would buy it and no one would go to the theaters at any point yeah so i i 
I think the conversation does change if 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 the theaters are open when Black Widow releases, which that's still a big if. But um, <laughs> you know, in the Midwest where we live, there are still theaters. Um, there's one. I don't know uh, up where you are, Jerry, but down where we are, there's one not in Springfield, um, but in Ozark, just nearby, <laughs> that actually is open. I don't know that they've ever closed. Um, they might have back in March, April, May. But there's also Springfield Eleven too. Oh, is open. Oh, I yep. didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, We've got a few theaters open, um, but I don't know who's going. I mean, <laughs> it it seems like all the theaters, big thing is trying to cater to renting out an entire theater for, you know, a small event, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, a family, make it like a family birthday party or something where you just have the theater to yourself. And uh, I know AMC has started to advertise Valentine's day specials, you know, have, have the theater to yourself as a couple, you know, things like that. So uh, (laughs) it's not so much about going to see a movie on opening weekend. It's about just going to see a movie in a large screen, all your own. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think part of the problem for Disney Plus also is just the inconsistency of the message with these with these these things. Like, um, you know, not that this was a good movie, but Artemis Fowl was was free. You know, like just watch <laughs> it. Um, they released a Pixar movie on Christmas Day and didn't charge mm-hmm. people a dime mm-hmm. for to watch Soul um, on top of their their six ninety nine. So, I, it's a uh, it's a little weird to me, like that they would say yes, Mulan, no Soul, yes, Black Widow. Um, it's kind of like make up your mind, you know. Like, are are you going to charge for these new releases or are you not? Um, we loved getting Soul for free, quote unquote, in December. Um, so paying for Black Widow is kind of like you know, hey, what the heck? Um, so I don't know. I, I I think if if there is a chance to see it in theaters. I think that does change the 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 monologue of it like you know hey we're giving you a break you don't have to see you don't have to pay money in the theaters so throw a little scratch our way mm-hmm. um but um you know whereas for soul it wasn't that way because there were so few theater theaters open but mm-hmm. um, yeah interesting I, i'll be very interested to see what they do i um i now that you mentioned it grant i did see that kind of kick up a little bit in the media this week that fans are kind of starting to outcry a little bit about it. Cool. Yeah. And I, I think it'll just keep happening until it's been released. Yeah. I, I think at the very least you'll see it quickly um, to, to Disney plus I, that, you know, back before pre pandemic, if we can even remember a time when there wasn't a pandemic, <laughs> um, the the big news was um hey you'll everything that we release in theaters you'll see on disney plus within i think it was like seven months or something like that um well those days are gone um i i think i think if you don't see black widow in theaters you'll see it on disney plus like maybe three months later um so you know go see it in theater or you know or don't pay the 20 bucks or maybe there is no 20 buck or 30 buck option on disney plus but you'll still get it it, by the end of the summer like you won't be waiting very long to see it yeah so i agree Cool. Well, speaking of Marvel stuff, we'll, we'll get into the, the topic for today. Um, we are do- doing a little bit of catch up. Like I said, uh, last week, we were supposed to have an episode for you and have Jerry on to help us talk about episodes one and two, which released 
same day as each other uh, a little over a week ago. And then we had to table that. And now we're doing all three episodes in one episode <laughs> of Disney plus reviews. So this might be a little bit of a longer episode. Um, although um, I, I don't helps that the episodes were shorter. I was going to yeah. say, I, I watched all three episodes today and I watched them all in less than an hour and a half. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was like an hour and 20 or something like that. Yeah. Um, Cause they're, they're keeping them right around the 21, 22 minute mark, much like a TV sitcom of the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, if they're following that model all the way through this, the entire series, which I believe is scheduled for nine episodes could be done in just a handful of hours. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, um, Mandalorian, you know, those episodes ranged, obviously some of them were 33 minutes, some of them were for 47 or whatever, but they were all longer uh, than these episodes. So I felt like when we (laughs) reviewed an episode of Mandalorian, especially like a a season finale or something, we'd spent the whole episode talking about one episode of the show and WandaVision, I don't feel like is going to be that way. I think it's going to be a lot of little more bite-sized conversations. Um, So but um, I guess we'll, we'll, let's take them in order. Um, I think um, I, it's, it's tempting to start from the ends, you know, like what we just recently watched with episode <laughs> three. Um, but uh, like I said, I watched all three today, so they're all pretty fresh in my mind. And hopefully you guys you know, can remember some stuff that you saw. But um, I did a rewatch today as well. Okay. Yeah. It's so, so easy to tear through them. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I just watched them for the first time on, well, I watched the first two on Thursday. Okay. And then the third one on Saturday. So it's pretty fresh in my mind too. Okay, cool. Well, that's, that's great. Um, well, let, let's just start with the, the first episode then. Um, I think obviously the, we knew this was happening from the trailers and stuff, but um, I, I still, I, I just, it's so bizarre to me to watch something from Marvel that's in four by three. Um, like it's a square uh, image mm-hmm. basically kind of like mm-hmm. how we used to watch tv uh, back before we all had widescreen t- televisions but um black and white laugh track uh elizabeth olsen is doing her best 50s accent um it's mm-hmm. it's wild like uh, it's so jarring to see something like this on on i'm i'm watching this on my my 55 inch widescreen television but it's only <laughs> taking only half of the the screen is actually being used you know it's mm-hmm. just so so crazy uh, to watch, but um, uh, I, I guess Grant, you know, we haven't let you talk a whole lot <laughs> this episode. We'll kind of start start with you. Um, I I kind of know because we talked before the show, kind of what your feelings are in the first couple episodes. But what what? How did you react to kind of seeing what they were going, what they were doing? Was what were your expectations? I guess going into episode one, and then what did you actually get in return for those expectations? Yeah. Well, for like basically I had seen the trailers and stuff. So I knew it was going to be black and white. And then I knew they were going to follow kind of like the TV sitcom eras. And, but like outside of that, um, I didn't have a whole lot of comic book knowledge. Um, but I did watch, uh, the Marvel legends to kind of refresh on Wanda and vision. And, Honestly, um, the first episode was really slow for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't exactly like tuned in, and if I were like sleepier, I probably would have fallen asleep during <laughs> this episode. But I mean, 
I enjoyed like the little sitcom humor here and there, like um, the little jokes that they make when visions at the office (laughs) and the laughing of the audience. And, um, but yeah, not a whole lot happened for me in the first episode, which um, I love the Marvel movies, but the main reason I love the Marvel movies is for the action. And there's like zero action in this first, well, the first two episodes, basically. Yeah. And and there's really, when you say action, there's really not any combat um, that we've seen at all. Um, It's, it's all, when you say action, it's more like magic or, you know, flying that kind of stuff. Yeah. um, So I, I kind of felt like we were going to like, or at least I was hoping personally that we were going to get some action. Cause I mean, but I mean, I've talked on like recent episodes that we've had um, when you rank uh, winter soldier and Loki and this one, this one was at the bottom for me. So, um, but yeah, I was definitely surprised with no action. Yeah. By the way, and I'll throw it to you here in a second, Jerry. Um, I, I did see where they actually shot these at least these first couple episodes on actual like old timey cameras like they this isn't like uh, you know a 4k camera and then they just like took all the color out of it like they they actually shot this on like a 1950s camera um that they had in storage or whatever wherever they got this thing and so that's why it looks like when you when you look at it and you're like man that looks like i love lucy that looks like dick van dyke or whatever mm-hmm. yeah it looks like Be- bewitched it's because it actually was shot on the same hardware um as those shows so they mm-hmm. they went full like whole hog um in the production um, when they when they do something they like to do it all the way uh with with marvel so um jerry did you grow up on on those uh nick and knight type shows <laughs> well that's that's just it i and i think obviously i'm much older than both of you so <laughs> i i'm a lot closer in age to those shows that have been homaged so far across the three episodes um so to me I, I love the visual gags of trying to replicate items from those shows, whether it's instead of tripping over the ottoman, you walk through the ottoman <laughs> that we saw in the first episode with, from uh, going back. The first episode um, is an homage to the Dick Van Dyke show from the early 60s. Second episode was Bewitched. Third episode was Brady Bunch. Yeah. Um, and it'll be really curious to see how far along in the nine episode season they go. I, we were talking about this on the podcast last night. I really hope they get to the point where they can do an homage of Full House, given yeah. that Elizabeth Olsen is the uh, sister <laughs> of the Olsen twins. I didn't That'd be fine. That. So, that would be so great. Um, well, they already have the twins. Like I, we're jumping ahead to episode three, but like mm-hmm. I mean, like you could definitely—they're definitely in family mode. So yeah, Full House is not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, um, I, I'm okay with it not being action-packed. This is more, more like a—it's—it's it's part of a journey, and you're you're dropping little clues here and there along the way. Um, that there's something much bigger going on, whether it's in Wanda's mind 
that everything has taken place or they're in some kind of bubble, kind of like a, a Truman Show type situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're giving clues along the way, whether it's the the drones or we see things at the end of the third episode where it, it definitely appears that they're in a in a bubble. But uh, they're they're really pulling from a lot of different things here and dropping these hints that it, it reminds me so much of like the early years of lost on oh, ABC, yeah. where everyone was trying to figure out everything and every time you saw the numbers appear in any kind of sequence uh-huh. you knew that something important was happening i'm kind of getting the feeling we're seeing that with like the hexagon shape which is a reference to aim uh criminal organization from the comic books so okay, so I I thought of AIM as well. Um, I couldn't find a lot of people talking about AIM with with this show, but I'm definitely interested in it. Um, when the the famous uh, Spider Man joke about about the about the AIM guys like their suits is he, he says yeah he calls them beekeepers. Mm-hmm. And when that guy came out of the manhole wearing a beekeeper suit, I was like, are they referencing AIM? Like, is yeah. that what they're doing here? Mm-hmm. But then they kept like showing like sword logos and stuff like that, you know, with a, you know, a, a sword going through a circle type of thing. Yeah. I was like, it seems like they're doing more sword than AIM, but yeah. It, I, it's a little bit of everything at this point. Um, Cause they've also made references to Hydra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and AIM was an offshoot of Hydra within the comic books. Basically, the scientists working for Hydra said, oh, we can do it better. We'll, we'll start our own group called AIM and uh, try to take over the world that way. So S.W.O.R.D. is an organization that kind of oversees the Marvel Universe, protecting them from galactic threats. Uh, mm-hmm. And how they're how that gets used within the MCU, we don't know yet. Hydra, we've we've seen quite a lot of in the co- in the movies and TV show. We know what they're about. Aim is going to be a subset of that. It might be that Aim is controlling everything going on inside the bubble, and Sword is controlling everything outside the bubble. Hmm. You know, some combination of that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very fascinated to see how they finally or when and how they finally reveal like what is truly going on, because you don't see it so much in this first episode, Um, you know, the the cracks, the seams starting to break, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but you definitely do in episode two and then you really really do in episode three but um and i feel like it's just going to ramp up more and more with every episode Mm but like even especially in this first episode i i I was kind of like grant where of the three it was it was the least interesting to me just because i was like they're gonna go 22 minutes straight with this you know i love lucy dick Dick van dyke and they're not going to break character at all and they're just gonna just it's just it's just going to be this episode and then we did get just a couple little cracks at the very ends like um when the when the um mr hart the the boss starts choking mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden she breaks character and says you know vision save him you know do something um you know well even mrs hart yeah kept repeating the line and it it's like that that caused a break in whatever wanda was thinking yeah mm-hmm so uh which really makes me think that maybe there's some kind of programming going on with wanda's mind and that this is all just a play within her mind yeah um 
Be, because I think it will help us talk about the other couple episodes. I want to get into some some House of M talk here because um, I, I think it will it will color I think the way that we we talk about the other episodes. But um, uh, I feel like this is probably going to be mostly Jerry and I. But Grant, yeah. jump, <laughs> jump in with what you know about House of M as well. But um, Jerry and I have both read the House of M comics, and I, I kind of had to refresh myself on them a little bit today before we recorded. But um, it seems like House of M is an inspiration for the show, uh, although it's not the same. Um, there's, there's actually um, there's actually quite a few differences that are huge, like not even close. So uh, it's more like inspired than I think just telling that story. But basically, and I'll let you, Jerry, fill in the, the gaps that I, mm-hmm. that I missed, but just the 30,000 foot view of House of M comics really briefly is that basically Wanda goes insane. Um, she literally like loses her mind and basically um, warps reality around like the entire world and everyone, all the characters that you know from even the movies like Spider-Man and Iron Man and Wolverine and all these guys are living completely different lives, like in this altered reality that she creates um, called the house of M and they um, nothing is, is how it was in reality like spider-man is married to gwen stacy instead of gwen dying and and hawkeye who's dead in in reality is actually alive in house of m and like everything's backwards and basically what it is 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 magneto well you think it's magneto at, at first i don't want to spoil the whole thing you need to go read it but um mm-hmm. they find out someone someone was basically um informing Wanda to create an alternate reality for everyone where all their deepest wishes are granted. Uh, And so if you uh, wanted to not be a mutant anymore, you lost your powers in house of M. If you um, wanted, you know, obviously Hawkeye would prefer to be alive. So he is alive. Spider-Man wants to be happily married. He's happily married. Like everyone gets what they wanted. uh, But then, and then like humans are in the minority. Like there's, almost no humans around everyone's a mutant and um uh and then obviously you know that all unravels and i won't go into all that but uh it is essentially kind of what they're doing with this show of of like this this reality that she or you know both of them uh, wanda and vision find themselves in is not the real reality this is you know of course vision is actually dead um from the uh result or the um uh the infinity inc- war yeah infinity war um scenes and so you know but he's alive here so it seems like they're definitely doing something with with house of m with this even though the premise of house of m is different than this and probably the ending of house of m is going to be quite a bit different from this as well so what what, what do you have to add to that jerry i think i think it's interesting to talk about that when we talk about the show because it's clearly inspired i think by it yeah the 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 key thing with house of m for me was it it took the mutant characters and put them in charge and humans were the the secondary citizens the the lower status characters and so across the board all the all the mutants had top roles you know magneto kind of oversaw everything um so we don't necessarily have that quite yet in the MCU because they haven't introduced mutants yet into the, into the cinematic universe. But what we have here is, is this Wanda using her abilities to give her the reality that she wants, that she's 
grew up watching these TV sitcoms in reruns, and she's trying to picture a life for her own using the vision as her husband because that's her break from reality. We don't know yet. Mm. Uh, but there, I even commented on our podcast last night that there are, there are a lot of, lot of this, especially with episode three, where it, it feels like it's drawing on House of M. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to um, episode three here in a little bit, but um, I think a, a lot of that is, is the twins. Um, Cause that's the twins are very um, uh, definitely connected to the house of M story um, in a big way. So we'll talk about that when we get there. But um, as far as this first episode, I think kind of the, the big reveal really is um, the whole, like uh, we're married type of thing. Um, the mm-hmm. Obviously the episode starts with, we have this special date circled on our calendar. What's this about? And there's a heart and they think it's about romance. And, and that's brings up all kinds of, by the way, the, the gags, like it is very, I love Lucy Dick Van Dyke, but mm-hmm. it's also like more that there's a lot more sexual innuendo than ever would have existed in those old shows. It's really funny to me. Like um, they're talking about, um, you know, sexual acts and like, um, you know, obviously she's in like an ID, like when, when, uh, when vision comes home with the hearts, um, Mr. and Mrs. Hart. Um, it's a nighty, but it goes down to her ankles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, it's pretty low, like in the neckline though. Like I, I like the, some of the visuals and some of the, the, the verbiage of, of their, um, their discussions and stuff like that. I was like, okay, that's, uh, that's definitely like a more adult version of like an old, like 1955 uh sitcom but um but I, I like that like i like that this is presumably we don't know um but presumably wanda you know inventing this 50s 60s world for her and her love you know vision that eventually at the end of the episode of episode one they say well let's just get married you know like let's you know we've, uh-huh. they, she always assumed they were married but they didn't have wedding rings and they couldn't remember their anniversary like they she was having trouble remembering the details of their of their nuptials and so they just create nuptials at the ends of the episode quite literally with the rings um it- she doesn't remember or it's not part of the backstory that's been programmed into them yeah yeah, it's 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 hard to it's hard to know who's pulling the strings. Like who's yeah, who, who's definitely. the actual the actual puppeteer here? Um, it's either someone like Aim or Sword, or possibly even that is like uh, fab fabbing, you know, manufacturing this reality around them, and they're and they're trying to like realize what's going on, or um, she's convinced herself, you know, like she's she is going mad or something. We don't know what happens like right before the events of this. Um, and so, you know, she in her madness created this world and then subjected herself to it so that she doesn't even remember what she did or what she created. Um, I don't, it's hard to tell what's going on, but it's, it's fascinating to watch her like the seams unravel and her start to the only scene that we really get from the episode one, unless I'm forgetting one is I think the dinner scene where, um, uh, there, you know, she, the wife is saying, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Like while she's smiling, super creepy and there's no laugh track and she, ha- he has to save him. And then everyone just goes back to, you know, their business. And it's, have you, have you guys seen the Truman show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it reminds me, all three of the episodes really remind me of that. We're like, are they playing a part or are they convinced themselves? You know? Well then, and we see this at the end of the first and second episodes at the very end 
when it gets to the to the credits of the WandaVision show, the screen goes full size and we see there's someone watching this. Mm. You know, so it we're given the message that they're being watched, whether it's they're just living a TV show or whether they're part of a bubble and someone is monitoring them. Yeah. What do you think, Grant? What, I mean, if we're just going to take a guess at it, because I don't think there's, I don't think the show is clear um, intentionally. Um, I mean, I'm kind of 50 50 on this. Um, and I mean, I've read a lot of articles, but part of me thinks Wanda or Wanda's the one behind it all which I don't want to be right about that because, I mean, I love the superhero. They need to do good and don't want that to happen. But then the other part of me, like Jerry was saying, somebody is definitely watching them. Mm -hmm. So it's not out of the possibility for like somebody like AIM or S.W.O.R.D. to be pulling the strings as well. But I think the third episode was definitely a clue that Sword is not running the show. So then it kind of goes to AIM or Wanda. And, um, but I mean, I think it possibly maybe more could be Wanda just because she's gone through so much. And we know that these events take place after Endgame, and that literally was so crushing. Oh yeah, to where I... she she literally saw the person that she wanted her life partner to be die twice. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I rewatched the the key scenes through the Marvel Legends uh, thing. The key scenes mm-hmm. of um, the Infinity War scene where she essentially. Uh, kills him i mean uh, you know thanos reverses that thing and pulls the yeah. stone out whatever but she is basically the one killing him um she says he says it shouldn't be you but it is and then um she kills him basically and then um you know the the big scene at the end of endgame i guess spoilers for endgame if you haven't you've probably seen it by now if you're listening to this but um where she faces off against Thanos head to head and you see like the emotion and the rage in her eyes yeah. and her, in her face and she is like beyond pissed like this is like a defining moment for her for her, her entire life <laughs> you know her life has been building up to this and so I I can see how she just like lost it, it you know right after the events of Endgame um, I think someone found look, looked really closely at the calendar in episode one and and found found that it said like it was the year 2023 or something like that. I didn't, I didn't see it personally, but that's what they were saying. Um, so this is like right after the events of Endgame, and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe after that fight, she just, she just goes and goes nuts and goes insane and they have to lock her up or, um, or maybe it's more Truman show where they're, they're basically making her they're, they're They got her in some kind of coma state or whatever. And they're able to, or this is like physically she's really is there like in this, in this, you know, Truman show esque bubble, you know, where like she's just walking down the street and everyone's playing a part, playing a role. But then like the black and white doesn't really make sense with that. Like, why would, why would she see the world in black and white? And then all of a sudden see the world in color. Like she, like when uh, we can jump ahead to episode two now, I think, but like in episode two where 
uh, Dottie like um, cuts her hands on the glass and she, and only the, the blood is in red or she finds that helicopter toy helicopter in the bushes and only the helicopter is in color. Like the, if it was just truly just Truman show and there wasn't some kind of drugs or magic or something involved, maybe Dr. Strange is involved. Maybe he's pulling the strings, but like something is going on so that even Wanda herself doesn't see the world in color except yeah. for little certain things. So I, I think the explanation has to involve that somehow. But at the end of episode two, their world transitions to color mm-hmm. right around the time that they realize that Wanda is expecting. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, episode three is entirely in color and, and they're obviously it's this, I think the show is kind of brilliant. I, it, I'm like, I'm like exactly like you, Grant. I don't know how, how you were Jerry, how you re- reacted to the first episode, but like, as the show has been going on, releasing episodes one and two together was a great idea. And episode three, I think sealed it to me where I'm like, there's a genius behind this show that I'm just now starting to realize having watched three full episodes that I probably wouldn't have gotten on the first episode of there. They did like, you know, 50s, 60s and 70s or, you know, 60s, 60s, 70s or whatever in the first three episodes and how like television shows in the 50s and 60s were in black and white. And so these are in black and white and then shows in the 70s were in color. So these are like these shows are going to be in color the 70s and presumably the 80s and episode four is going to be in full color. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like there's that aspect of it, but then there's also the aspect of they're doing this to these people. Um, They're actually seeing the world in color or black and white based on what either Wanda is creating or someone else is creating. And like the, the fact that the, the fact that the, this show stands alone as it could be a, like a legit sitcom. Like the, the show, if you just say, Hey, this is a sitcom show that I, that I discovered it's from 1965 and you didn't know who these actors were, you, you, you might, I mean, you would think that something weird was going on, but you would also be like, Hey, that, yeah, this feels like a sitcom and they're shooting it like one, but then they're mm-hmm. also giving you these little tidbits and stuff and make you, making you wonder what's really going on behind the scenes. I think it's genius yeah. in a lot of each, ways. I don't know if you'd notice each episode is, has some kind of TV reference as the episode name. Yeah. So episode one is titled filmed before a, a live studio audience. And that was the one where the laugh track was most prominent in yeah. that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, second episode was don't touch that dial. And third episode is now in color. Yeah. So they're, they're definitely trying to tie in the whole TV aspect. Um, and they're, you know, looking at IMDb, they're not, they, they haven't put out the other episode names yet. I mean, they're keeping that, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, closed, you know, kept in tight until the day of release before we start getting those little clues out there on the web. Yeah. Um, so what from, from her first appearance in episode two, I don't think she was in episode one at all. Um, I just immediately loved, um, um, Geraldine. Geraldine. Thank you. I had her name and then I lost it. Uh, Geraldine in that, that first scene where she's at like the planning committee meeting for the talent show thing in episode mm-hmm. two, I immediately, I was just like this, this character is cool. Like I'm, I'm going to be watching her. And um, I don't know how much you had seen um, Jerry and Grant before that, like, you know, who this character was, was going to be um, this um, uh, Rambo um, 
Monica, Monica Rambeau, mm-hmm. I think character. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know anything about that going into it. I just knew that I liked this character and like her, one of her first lines in episode two is she says, I don't know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, and it, like, at first you're like, Oh, she's talking about, I don't know why I'm here at the meeting. Like I should be home, you know, doing something more important with my life. But then you're like, no, I think she means like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> like in this, in this world, in, in this, this show. World. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know what's going on with her. Obviously she breaks out. Um, either she's the one to break out or uh, probably more likely, I think Wanda pushes her out of the, mm-hmm. of the show, you know, this alternate reality in at the end of episode three. And, and so it seems to me like she was a plant, whether Wanda pulled her into that reality or she was placed there by sword or whatever, which I think is more likely um, Then you know, once she arrives inside like if she's if she's to be believed like if she says i don't know why i'm here and she means it then there's something weird that goes on that like once you enter into this bubble of whatever this is we're we're going to call this house of m or whatever bubble um you lose all your memory of like of your real life which is is exactly like house of m like those characters did not remember their previous life um and so like maybe something happens to you to your psyche where you just you lose all sense of self once you get in there so once you go in it's hard to get back out because you don't know why you're here um so i think i think her character is one to want to watch for sure and hopefully we get to see more of her in the real world in episode four um what would you guys think about the 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 gum <laughs> the swallowing the gum and then gumming up his gears and the the uh magic show thing that was actually probably um the highlight for me of the first two episodes um i thought that was hilarious and how they kept uh basically like looking inside of them and i just (laughs) thought that was that was great um and it was very um like jerry had mentioned it it's very like something you would see on Bewitched. So yeah. um, that was very funny. Um, I, Paul Paul Bettany's range, acting range, I, I, cu- I couldn't believe it. I was beside myself. I was laughing so hard when he was acting all drunk and saying things backwards. And, you know, when he starts flying, like, and then, you know, Wanda has to like explain it away with her magic. And so I, I was just, I was dying. That was one of the best scenes, I think, for me. This this has almost become like a dream role for him. Yeah. That, you know, everything else that he's done in the MCU with being the voice of Jarvis and then being Vision has been very strict and disciplined and robotic. And these first three episodes, he's been able to show more emotion and slapstick and punchlines. I mean, it, it's it's a different look for Paul that we haven't seen so far in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I'm eating it up, man. I love it. I I think I think Elizabeth Olsen is is doing a great job. She like I said her her accent is so good um that she's putting on the 50s kind of, you know, Bostonian type type accent or whatever. Um she's in the second episode she's um you know trying to cover for him and like, you know, the, her facial expressions are very Mary Tyler Moore or whatever you want to call it. Um and and yet I feel like for me Paul Bettany kind of steals it. I I think he's he is um I kept like re- repeating the word flourish after all these little, little 
gags that they did. I, I just, I, I think he's so fun to watch. Uh, and I echo everything that you said, Jerry, like he's, he is given license to do things that he would have never done in the MCU movies. Um, mm. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool to watch actually. Yeah. Um, I think um, one of my favorite scene lines from the the magic show one is they, they he does um, that thing where it's it's the um, it's it's the actual trick like when they get to and Geraldine's inside the box mm-hmm. and they're they're like oh crap like how are you gonna explain this one away and um, and then Wanda like sweeps back the curtains and there's mirrors back there and they go oh that's how they did it and then like one <laughs> one lady in the audience goes wait is that how mirrors work. <laughs> so like even the characters even the side characters are starting to like question like is this is this real like is this reality like you know what's what's really real so it's either they're in the know the entire time they're truman show actors or they are going in and out of consciousness like where they have moments of clarity where they are starting to say wait wait a second that that doesn't make sense and then and then snapping back out of it and going back into their forced character um i i don't know it's it's fascinating to see both both being possibly true but mm-hmm. so um obviously one, one, yeah, theory, go ahead, Jerry. one theory that we haven't touched on um and i just want to go ahead and introduce her because yeah. to me the highlight of this of the series has been katherine hahn as the oh, next door neighbor agnes she's, she's so good um uh, first of all she Whatever show Catherine Hahn is on, she is the perfectly cast as the next door neighbor. It can be a comedy, <laughs> it can be a drama, it can be a murder mystery. She is perfect as the next door neighbor. That said, her her character name on the show is Agnes. And I think we, we've speculated some that she might be Agatha Harkis, who oh. was a character from the comics that helped train wanda with her magic magic abilities okay and that maybe she is there keeping an eye on wanda yeah and you know she she comes over in the in the first episode and is trying to push wanda into being more romantic with the vision ideally maybe to have children she wants she once wanted to get pregnant have kids all of that so maybe agnes has some kind of ulterior motive as mm. to what she's doing besides just being the nosy neighbor yeah um i wanted to stay on agnes just for a little bit um I don't the, the episodes blend together for me a little bit uh, since I watched mm-hmm. them all back to back. So I, this might be in two or three, but there's a moment where um, she is like discouraging her from like thinking too much about what's really going on and almost has this look of fear in her eyes, like mm-hmm. where she's afraid of Wanda. And um, I, I, I like the idea that she is like almost trying to, um, you guys have seen Logan the the, mm-hmm. the movie logan um so it's it, to me it's almost like i gotta keep xavier pumped full of drugs so that he doesn't freak out and like destroy the world around him um i almost feel like it, that's what they're doing with this too is like um maybe she like like you said either she's for her good or for e- either for wanda's good or for her own good like so that she doesn't die mm-hmm. she is like mm-hmm. i think she's definitely trying to temper 
Wanda in some way to kind of mm-hmm. keep her at bay. So definitely, I think what, what's what what we're gonna one of the things we're gonna learn we know we already knew this from the comics, but one of the things we're gonna learn from this show by the end of it is how deeply powerful Wanda Maximoff is. Like she is yes. m- maybe the most powerful. Uh, Dr. Strange obviously is up there. Thor is obviously very strong, but like as far as what she can do in the comics, she's like a top five, like, <laughs> you know, mutant. Like she, she can do things mm-hmm. that no one else can do. Um, Xavier's up there, you know, anyone with like, you know, telepathy and, and, telekinesis and you know mind or reality bending is obviously going to be top of the list but like i think you're going to see that in the mcu is like because of this show she's going to finally get the, the spotlight the limelight she's always been like the secondary character in all these like slew of other movies that's why you have to have marvel legends to like kind of piece together her character mm-hmm. um but she's finally getting the limelight of like no this is she is a force to be reckoned with so so we get into we get into the pregnancy, and we'll talk about that uh, hmm. next. It, it comes in basically at the end of end of two. Um, they are uh, sitting on the couch together, you know, having their little lovey dovey uh, moment at the end of uh, the get home from the uh, talent show, and they're just kind of having a moment to relax. And then they just look down and whoa, what happened? How did this happen? She's she's pregnant. I guess we s- skipped over the beginning of the episode where they do that little that fun little 60s thing where like their beds are separated from each other mm-hmm. and then because of the noise that they hear outside she like magically fuses their beds mm-hmm. together and then they like make whoopee so to speak like under the covers like the the covers go up over their heads and it's like insinuated that you know okay they're having sex and then mm-hmm. and, and then you know same day or next day type of thing uh, she's already like four months pregnant um so it happens really fast but um, what do you guys think about the the pregnancy thing? You can, we can go into episode three now if you guys want. Um, yeah. Um, the whole pregnancy thing um, went back to a Vision and Scarlet Witch miniseries from the mid eighties. Hmm. Uh, it was a twelve issue series in nineteen eighty five, where at the end of the third issue, Wanda discovers that she's pregnant, and so each of the subsequent issues is one month during the pregnancy uh, wrapped up at the end of the end of the mini series with the two boys being born, Tommy and uh, Billy. So uh, they, they brought in those names from the comics. Um, I was thinking there was a, there was a rather infamous story arc in the Avengers in the early 1980s where uh, Carol Danvers, uh, who was then known as Miss Marvel, was impregnated by Immortus and came to term in like three days' time. And so I, I kind of feel like they're still in that that story plot point from that, which it's a really bad storyline. I'm <laughs> glad they're able to work it into this in a much more positive way, albeit a little strange. But um it, it, I think it, part of it is just trying to keep things moving mm-hmm. and let's get the pregnancy done in one episode. Yeah. And so that way we're moving on to the next, next week's episode, which will be another TV sitcom where the kids are a little older. So you don't have to deal with babies on set the whole yeah. time. So. 
Yeah, I did, I hadn't even thought about that that they're not, they're I guess not going to be babies in the next in the very next episode. Wait, what's really interesting about the and obviously this is all none of this is real, so they can do whatever they want. Um, mm-hmm. But like the the end of the '60s episode in episode two is she's pregnant, she's four months pregnant, and then in the next episode it's the '70s, like a whole decade later, right? And she's still pregnant. Like it's you know no no mm-hmm. time has passed. Um, she's still four months pregnant. Um, it's just like, it's an hour later now it's the seventies. Um, and obviously they're doing that to have fun with this whole universe and stuff like that. But, um, I really loved how, like, we got to see it transition over the, over an ep, like in between episodes, like it actually cascaded up from two into three. And then, um, how they're like immediately talking to a doctor and trying to like prep for this pregnancy, which you know, they think is going to happen by Friday afternoon, but then it comes really even faster than that. Um, it's all, it's all really wild. Having gone through the birthing process <laughs> 11 <laughs> days ago, I, I, I was watching this and I was just like, man, if it was just that easy, uh, you know, one push <laughs> and, the, and the babies are out. Uh, so, but um, what would you think, uh, Grant, of, of just that whole, the whole scene that the house is going crazy while she's having contractions. I thought it was really pretty. Fancy. Yeah. Um, I definitely, think that um and then a lot of the articles i read wanda's definitely if wanda is the one in control she definitely loses control Mm. and um i one of my favorite things at the beginning was just vision's hair i just loved his nice hairdo (laughs) at the beginning Mm -hmm. that that was perfect for the 70s and uh um but I mean, and like the whole doctor scene is just hilarious too. And because I mean, the doctor when he's there at first, um, he has no idea what <laughs> is going to happen. And he's about to go on his vacation to Bermuda. And um, I, I just thought like the whole first like scene was very clever and um I enjoyed it and I would say the third episode kind of had me drawn in from the start where the uh, other two, it kind of took some time for me to be like, okay, I mean, I kind of enjoy this, but like from the start of episode three, I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be something that's going to have my attention for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, when, when she wasn't even having like real labor contractions, just what they call Bra- Braxton Hicks contractions, which are like false contractions, but your body thinks it's going into like a contraction state. Um, uh, with even like very mild contractions, the power goes out of the whole neighborhood. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, the um, things were falling off or spinning on the walls or falling off or whatever. But my favorite part was uh, when her water breaks. Um, and then it starts raining inside the house and then we find out at the end of the episode that it was also raining in other people's houses at the same time Mm -hmm. um i was like that is cool like that's something that you could not normally do in any other show you can only do it in like a subverting the you're bending reality um to have it like actually raining inside of a house um so that that was i think a really cool set piece moment like you'll you'll see that like on screenshots and stuff of of the show is you know them hiding under the table while it's raining on, over their heads yeah. uh the doctor made a comment that uh 
when Vision goes to get him when when Wanda has gone into labor, he makes a comment about you you can you can't ever get out of a small town, which kind of yeah. puts a little fuel to the whole bubble theory about them all being locked in. Um, I loved all the different homages to the Brady Bunch throughout this episode. I mean, obviously the house has changed and it it looks there's a lot of resemblance to the to the Brady house that they're living in but in the opening credits we saw them arranged in in the in like the checkerboard grid only using Mm -hmm. using hexagons uh when the vision is practicing changing a diaper he's doing it on a kitty carry-all doll which is what cindy brady had on the show uh you know just all these little uh at the end of the end of the show when Geraldine is ejected from the bubble. Uh, we hear the monkeys day de- daydream believer, and Davy Jones was on an episode of the Brady Bunch, and wow. it was just all these little callbacks. This this one felt the most tight of all the TV homages that we've seen so far. Yeah, I agree with you. I I didn't even catch some of the references that you mentioned, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That the the biggest scenes I think from the first one where we're like when you saw their beds separated from each other and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But uh, yeah, this one was like very on the nose. And to me, it was like all three of the episodes are very lovingly crafted. Like they, mm-hmm. you can tell these people have a lot of respect for these historic sitcoms from the past and wanted to be like, Hey, you know, let's, let's do a, a huge homage. As long as we're doing this, let's, let's go, let's go all the way with it. So yeah, that was cool. Um. So they have the the boys. We think it's just one at one point, and they say it's a boy. And mm-hmm. um, you know, they the banter that you know we kind of skipped over at the beginning of the episode is like, you know, you know, I, I'm gonna love that little Billy, and she's like, Billy, that, we're not gonna name him Billy. We're gonna name him Tommy, and you know, Wanda says that, and then the boys born and Vision says, hello there, little Tommy, and the, the laughter, not laugh track, but the audience track goes on you know because he chose wanda's name but then oh no there's another boy coming it's twins and then they, and then of course they name that one billy and and that's obviously a you know reference to the comics those those uh, twin characters that she gives birth to in the comics but um yeah i love geraldine the 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 scene her she's such a great actress i i don't know that i've seen her in anything um i don't know if you guys have seen her in other content but um, she's probably been around, but when she's sitting on the couch and telling that story, that long, like minute and a half story or whatever about her boss and getting promoted at work. And was it something about hiccups or something? I don't know what was going on, but she was going on and on. And that stork is like running around the back of the couch. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I was locked, man. I, I was locked into that scene so hard. And she was selling me on every facial gesture and nuance in her voice i'm like this girl can act and i am digging this scene so much um that was one of the highlights for me of the whole the whole series um and it was just played for laughs you know just kind of a a nothing scene of of wanda and geraldine talking in the living room um but I i loved that scene so much so we see um geraldine kind of um, and Wanda kind of unravel and um, we get the really big reveal. The biggest name drop in the whole series uh, so far is um, uh, Wanda actually says the name Pietro, um, her, her brother, um, Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. And so um, she says, uh, I'm, I'm a twin. Like 
after she just had twins you know she, of course she like she pushes once for the first baby and then pushes one time for the second baby and now she's got twins and then she just like jumps right up like nothing happens and then she's just <laughs> talking to people which I, I think is so funny um having just gone through all that but um uh she <laughs> she says i'm a twin i had a brother whose name was uh, pietro and then she just starts singing the sokovian um her native tongue and um and then geraldine just looks at her and goes oh yeah, he was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? I'm like, oh, we're doing this. Like we're going mm-hmm. full reality here. Like in the midst of this alternate reality, it was so cool to see that. So what, what do you guys remember from just how the episode three ended? I, I was really surprised that they did bring up Pietro. Uh, it, it, it's, I mean, he was basically just in age of Ultron. He had the one cameo when they first introduced Wanda and him. Uh, but it, it really, I don't know that he's been referenced in any movie since hmm. it's almost like they had forgotten that he even existed. <laughs> so it was, it was nice to see that callback and make the wretch, make the connection with the family, the family history, her being a twin, her giving birth to twins. Um, yeah, I just I I like that having the the Avengers just personal. Avengers have always been my comic. That's the 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 one comic that I started reading early on, and so I I've, I've got nearly every Avengers comic. Wow, from nineteen sixty three through two thousand five, and um, that just to just to see those ties come back, I. I appreciated it more just because I, I don't think they did enough with Pietro in the one movie beyond making him the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Um, Grant, what'd you think about that little exchange with um, vision and the uh, Agnes and Herb, I think his name is uh, his his, uh, male neighbor. Um, Uh he he's like talking to them and he's like they're 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 talking about geraldine they're like oh she's new Mm -hmm. she's she doesn't have a home and yeah he's like what like what are you talking about and then herb like starts to reveal something but then agnes stops him he says like she came here because we're all and then he doesn't get to finish the sentence he just keeps saying Mm -hmm. that over and over again i was like oh man like what's what is this how's this gonna end um i thought that was really cool yeah um and uh you have the neighbor um trying to like basically cut through the wall um oh yeah and so i think you're definitely i think they're definitely leaning towards saying that they're trapped there yeah and without a doubt um but they never get to that point and i i think that's another part where whoever is pulling the strings um they don't obviously don't want people to know or they don't want vision to know that it's a trap mm-hmm. and or that they're trapped there and so that's why it kind of does look like that Wanda could be the one that is pulling all the strings because um if she truly is the one that is making this all happen obviously she wouldn't want vision to know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I keep going back and forth between those theories for like, 
um, I just don't know how vision is even alive. Like there's, yeah. like, there's gotta be something that's making the black and white and the color and, and vision like in the flesh, like how is he even alive? Um, and so it's, you know, that can be done outside of Wanda's knowledge. It could be Dr. Strange. It could be, you know, drugs. It could be a bunch of things. Um, but um, that these people seem real. I mean, Geraldine for sure seems real because she exits the, the, uh, the facade uh, so to speak but um but uh i don't know that agnes clearly knows what's going on because she's she says herb herb and then her, you know herb is trying to say something and the doctor is saying hey small towns man it's hard, really hard to leave um you know they they all seem to kind of know what's going on but either they only know it at certain times or they know all the time and are just you know feeling bad for these you know these people that aren't in the know or whatever so yeah it's interesting um uh, Wanda or a vision comes into the house and he says, where's Geraldine? And Wanda says, she left honey. She had to rush home and she's all serious. And the scene right before that, she's like getting super angry with Geraldine and saying, who are you? And like advancing on her with like a really menacing look in her face. And uh, we don't see what happens. Um, I don't know what you guys think <laughs> happened next. It, uh, it's either she left willingly or, or Wanda pushed her out somehow, but. She definitely I think comes Wanda out. pushed her out. Oh yeah, definitely. She definitely comes out uh, violently. <laughs> she like rolls along the ground, like when she hits the ground and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, cu- couple, I guess we talked about kind of like the big, the big set piece moments. Um, I had a few like little things. I want to talk about the commercial breaks and stuff like that. But um, mm-hmm. any like any other major like set piece moments or plot po- plot points that we need to talk about just to kind of get ready for their, what happens next? No, I I think the commercials just kind of add little ties to the to the Marvel universe and just drop more hints or clues along the way. So. Yeah, so the first commercial break. I, I love that there are even commercials like in these <laughs> shows. I think I think it's only one, but um, I think it's kind of kind of cute the way that they're doing it. But the first one is the Toastmate 2000 by Stark Industries. Uh, it's essentially a, to- a toaster oven. Um, the second one was the uh, Strucker watch. So Baron Vaughn, obviously, uh, Strucker. He'll make time for you. And then the Hydra logo. <laughs> Uh, and then the third one is the bath soap um, called Hydra Soap. <laughs> and that one was kind of personally my favorite because it was like, do you need a break? Come with me. When you want to get away, but you don't want to go anywhere, try Hydra Soap. <laughs> like, it's like a really well-formed commercial, I thought, the way that they shot it. Um, so There was also, I think it was in the second episode where it was like a a uh, scene in a grocery store with one of the commercials that uh, you see uh, <clears throat> the boga milk and uh, oh yeah, it's a reference to Wondegore Mountain where um, Wanda and, and Pietra were raised for a while. Okay, so I mean they're they're just it, it's one of those you know going back to my reference to Lost. I think. Once once we get all nine episodes and we go back and watch it again, mm. we'll see all kinds of other clues that have been planted throughout the show for us to find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of the last thing I want to make mention, because it didn't come up in, naturally in our conversation, and I didn't want to like insert it when we were talking about bigger things, but um, there's like a rewind feature um, that's going on. We've, we've only seen it twice. 
I don't believe it happened at all in the first episode, um, if I'm remembering correctly, but it does happen in episode two and it happens in episode three where um, basically uh, a series of events happen and then those are like um, retroactively like pulled back um, and then they redo the scene in a different way. And it's, um, Wanda is definitely in control in that moment. And I don't know how she is either. She's always in control. Like she created this world or she is assertively taking control of a situation that she didn't create. I don't know what's going on, but like in the first one, she actually says, um, she says the word no, like forcefully. Um, and it's, it's the beekeeper part. Um, so like they see the beekeeper guy come out of the manhole and you're like, who's trying to break into this world? Like what's going on here? And she just goes, no. And then it just like, it just rewinds back to the living room. And um, you know, it's like nothing ever happened. They never went outside. Uh, and then the second, the second one is in episode three where um, a vision is it's just one and vision that are in, together in the living room. Mm-hmm. And he's starting to like, see the seams kind of come apart a little bit. And he, he looks at Wanda really seriously. He goes, I think something's wrong here, Wanda. And then all of a sudden he just goes beep, beep, boop. And then like, he's just talking again and they go on without him actually saying that. So um, it's less clear whether she's controlling that one or not. It could be somebody else that's rewinding that one. Um, but I think she's definitely rewinding the first one. And I, I'm interested to know more about like what's going on with those little re- rewinds. So Cool. Um, I love Paul, Paul Bettany. I love um, Catherine Hahn. I love, um, I need to look her up so we can actually give her credit, but the girl that plays Geraldine is absolutely phenomenal. Um, uh, Tiona Paris. Yeah. Thank you. Um, she is great. I, I, you know, whether it's rumor or confirmed, I, I'm, it's probably confirmed, but uh, she's going to be like in future MCU movies um, as this uh, Monica Rambeau uh, character, which Jerry you might correct me, but is she, um, she's has ties to Captain Marvel in the comics. Yes. When she, when Monica Rambeau was first introduced in the 1980s, uh, she was, became a new version of Captain Marvel. Basically she had all her powers were based on light. So she could change to any form of light energy across the spectrum. She was a member of the Avengers, um, she was in there for about five years then went on to other titles. She's had different names along the way, like Photon and um, I forget what her current name is, but in the Captain Marvel movie that we got uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we saw a very young Monica Rambo with her mom, that her mom was mm-hmm. Carol Danvers uh, partner there. And What's what's been rumored is that Tiona Paris will play an adult Monica Rambeau in Captain Marvel two, and they're saying that she'll play Monica Rambeau in upcoming episodes of WandaVision. Hmm. Okay, cool. So, and I think that kind of plays with the whole TV format that we've seen some of these other characters move from episode one to two to three it's the same actor playing different roles in their TV series. Yeah. Um, the, the one guy with the, with the big bushy mustache who got fired in episode one because he didn't do a, a 
well enough dinner for the boss <laughs> and you see him walking out with the box of stuff he appears later in episodes two and three so i it just kind of maybe it's part of that whole bubble that they've got these cast of characters that are living in the bubble with them yeah yeah i guess kind of my one last thought is just um i i like how um how bought in they are to creating an actual storyline these feel like episodes of actual uh, an actual tv show like there is a a premise um you know rising action <laughs> you know it's like all the stuff we learned in english class right like there's the, the talent show episode is them like you know um tr- doing the neighborhood watch and you know he goes um vision goes to that meeting and gossips with all the guys and she's helping planning the talent show and then they do the talent show and they get an award and they go back home it's like it's a complete episode of bewitched or whatever mm-hmm. um and I, I i love that it's not just okay let's give you a little meat you know to kind of get you through but what this is really about is what's going on behind the scenes it's like no we're gonna make a show like this is an actual sitcom tv show it could stand alone as its own content um and i'm not like dying laughing at the jokes but i don't think they're going for that necessarily either i think it's more of like hey remember the kind of humor that was in the 60s we've got it here um you know the kind of humor that was in the 70s we've got it here that kind of thing and it feels new and fresh but it's i'm also not like laughing my butt off either um at what they're saying so um but yeah i i'm I was, boy, this was a slow burn of a show. Like um, you compare this to like the first episode of, of the Mandalorian or, or perhaps what we're going to get with, um, you know, Captain Falcon and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. um, I think those shows hit with like just a huge whammy at the the beginning of the, of the show. The the first episode of Mandalorian, I will always remember watching that and just being like, whoa, what is going on? And we just didn't get that with WandaVision. But now that it's cooking and it's actually moving ahead, um, I'm in. Uh, kind of like what Grant was saying earlier. Like, I'm, I'm now locked in. So, yeah. Cool. Well, I, th- I think that was a pretty good discussion um, on WandaVision. We'll talk uh, much more about it in the coming weeks. And, and um, you know, before we know it, it's, it's going to be over because they already did the first two episodes on just the first week alone. So, yep. Here in another six weeks or so, we'll be done. But um, next week, we are going to, um, unless Grant, you came up with some other idea, but what, what we talked about was doing uh, obviously WandaVision episode four, but then also mm-hmm. um, you want to still do Age of Ultron? That sounds good to me. Okay. Age of Ultron, I, going back and watching some of those clips from. Uh, the Marvel Legends, which, by the way, if you haven't seen Marvel Legends, uh, you probably should have watched it before watching WandaVision, but yeah. um, I, I don't think it's too late to watch them. They're only seven minutes a piece. It's seven minutes on Wanda, seven minutes on Vision, and um, they're really cool recaps of those movies, all the movies that they were in, like their key scenes. Uh, it doesn't show you every single moment that they're in, but it gives you all the big ones, and I, I was watching the Age of Ultron uh, scenes. I was like, holy crap, do I not remember this movie? <laughs> I, yeah. I was, I was just like, oh my gosh. I, Cause I just saw it the one time when it first came out and I love James Spader, but like hearing mm-hmm. his voice in that character, I was just like, dude, I don't even remember like what he said in any of those scenes. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go back and revisit that movie. Cause that's one that yeah. is definitely kind of um, ended up dusty on the floor for me. So yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, you and me saw it together in theaters on, I think it was opening night and that's the only time I've seen it as yeah. well. Yeah. 
So that'll be fun. We'll, we'll do um, both of those things. So uh, if you're following along with us and watching what we're watching, uh, watch Age of Ultron. If you're like us, you maybe haven't seen it in you know six or seven years and uh, it'll be good to kind of give that a rewatch. And then also obviously watch WandaVision episode four. Um, we'll figure out when we're going to record, but it'll be you know a day or two after the WandaVision episode. So you'll have some time to watch it. Um, yeah. Jerry McMullen, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. It was awesome to have yeah. your expertise and your backgrounds. Well, real quick, just because you, you always ask this, what have you, what else have you been watching? Oh yeah. yeah. I totally skipped over that. <laughs> um, I, I watched the, the Pixar popcorn shorts that they just put up. I've been meaning this, to watch this. I haven't seen them yet. It, it They're like one to two minutes each and there's no dialogue. So it's just, animation and it's just little fun bite-sized pieces of stuff that they didn't use or or doing mock-ups for so and then uh just because i don't get over there often enough i went over into the national geographic section and they did um a, a tv series on the right stuff oh okay that uh kind of more uh looking at the early astronaut program and it was a tom wolf book that became a movie in the early 1980s and that the movie is spectacular it's worth watching but this is kind of like a more longer version of that you kind of get a little more detail into the into the lives of the astronauts and a lot of it has been fictionalized for for tv but it was a fun series so uh would throw a recommendation that way those are both great recommendations. Um, the the Pixar one is it? It's characters that we would know, right? It's like from their movies. Yeah, it, there's like two of them from using Incredibles, and one of them with Finding Nemo, and one of them with, or two of them with Toy Story, two with Cars, things like that. So, yeah. uh, it, they're they're not introducing any new concepts there. Yeah. Cool. I, I will. Uh, I might check both of those things out. That's great. Um, yeah. There, there. The the pits are. There's like ten of them, and if you look down on the on the list, the the eleventh episode is they're all together into one file. So that would be the one I would recommend you watch. Yeah. Cool. Um, I will definitely be watching those with my four year old. I think she'll actually just gobble them up. So. Yep um cool um grant uh have you been I, i've not been watching anything on disney plus because it's been like family 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 time um <laughs> yeah but uh have you and caitlin popped anything on it's probably been a lot um not really recently um caitlin did watch black beauty like oh, yeah. two weeks ago mm-hmm. and she that. said she said that was very depressing okay and I want to say maybe as not one we we'll on the show then. Yeah, and I want to say as we are currently recording, I believe she's watching Lady and the Tramp. Okay, so, see, Lady and the Tramp is one of those earlier ones. Like, um, I didn't it launch with the service. Yes, in in November of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never. I still haven't seen it. Um, that was yeah. The that was a movie. You know, I don't know. It's. I don't want to say it's like more for girls or whatever. I loved it as a boy when I was growing up, I loved Lady and the Tramp and watched it a lot. And so, yeah, I've always been meaning to watch the live action version of that, but um, I didn't hear a lot of fanfare about it. Um, people reviewing it and talking about it. So I just kind of have never really felt gravitated toward it, but um, yeah. Interesting. I, I'd be interested to get her thoughts on Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. But uh, 
I mean, it's pretty much been all sports world for us recently. Because yeah. we're going to talk sports after we hit the stop button. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is not the podcast, but it is uh, definitely something we need to talk about. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> we'll save our listeners from that. But um, cool. Um, Jerry, um, it is always really good to have you on. We will have you on again and again as often as you'll come on. Absolutely. Um, if people want to follow your work or learn more about uh, what you do with your podcast and comics and stuff like that, if they're interested in comics because they've been watching yeah. Marvel stuff, uh, what what would you recommend? If if you're interested in more about Wanda and Scarlet and Wanda and Vision, um, I would recommend people take a look at the Marvel Unlimited app. That is a, a comic reading app that allows you to read books from three months ago up past 80 years ago so they've got like almost 30,000 comics out there you can get a a monthly subscription for ten dollars a month and you've got access to thousands of books and they've got some curated lists if you're interested in specific characters like scarlet witch or vision you can go and read highlighted books featuring those yeah, I I mentioned this to the guys before we hit record, and I don't think I've actually told the story on this podcast, but um, I am 41 and did not get into comics until I was 31. Um, so I, I was not a comic book reader growing up as a kid. You know, a lot, a lot of people say, oh, I, you know, I got into comics when I was a kid. I, I am not one of those people. Um, I got into <laughs> comics when I was very much a, a grown <laughs> ad- adult. And um, so you can, it's never too late to jump into it. Uh, if you have a tablet and $10 a month, I, I think the Marvel Unlimited is a a steal of a steal. Like there's nothing, there's no better deal out there on the internet than that. But I mean, the amount of content, you could literally read comics 24 hours a day for months on end and still not exhaust even a fifth of what's on there. So um, yeah, if you're interested at all in the getting into comics and you have the means, um, definitely look into that. It's It's great. So... If you're interested in hearing me talk more on a weekly basis, please check out Worst Comic Podcast Ever, uh, WCP Ever at Twitter and Instagram, and follow us on Facebook. Uh, myself and John and Colton, we've known each other since 1982, so we've gone from middle school to middle age. We get together once a week, talk comics, movies, TV shows, and all of all the other nerdy stuff that our wives don't want to hear us talk about anymore. <laughs> so we would love to have you all give us a listen. Definitely check out that podcast. Um, I have listened to it myself and uh, they do really good work Their Their quality is really good. Their conversations are obviously um, very natural. These guys have been friends for life. So um, even though one of them doesn't even live in the state anymore, they, they talk like, you know, they're all together. So we, we were using zoom before, the world was using Zoom. Oh, go, ahead and, <laughs> go ahead and say it, Jerry. You were using it before it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you actually turned me on the Zoom. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think, I think the first time you mentioned the word Zoom to me, I was like, "What? Like, what? What is that?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we tried to do some Skype recordings, and no one was <laughs> recording. So I think. Uh, I think we were trying back in the horrible movie podcast days, we were trying to use Skype for our, I think we even did Skype with you maybe one time. Mm-hmm. And after, after how horrible that experience was, he was, you were like, have you ever heard of zoom? And I was like, no, <laughs> I've never heard of zoom. What is this? <laughs> and of course, you know, the whole world knows about zoom now, but yeah. yeah. That no one is, I, I mean, I don't mean this literally, but, but no one is more excited about the pandemic than the zoom corporation because <laughs> they completely blew up during 
COVID-19. They, they've got some offices here in Kansas City. I know a couple people that work there and <laughs> life has been very productive for them over the last 12 months. I'm sure it has. They probably ten, tenfolded their, their employment, maybe more. Uh, a lot of new hires, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, well, that does it for this episode of Disney Plus Reviews. Um, we are going to be back uh, in probably less than a week recording um, uh, one division episode four and age of Ultron. So come back for that. Uh, let us know uh, what you want to hear about on the podcast, what you want us to talk about in two weeks um, by sending us an email. It's Disney plus reviews at hotmail.com That's P L U S all spelled out. Uh, we'd love to include your thoughts in the show. Um, take care. And we will see you next week for one division and age of Ultron. Mm-hmm.